Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ein Aleph in Maseches Yuma. And we begin um, the second to last line in Ein Amud Beis. What number is that in English? Uh, 70. Like the 70, like the 70 nations or the 70 languages that the Sanhedrin spoke or the 70 members, 71 members of the uh, great Sanhedrin, which uh, were referenced. We, we will be talking about them, I think, towards the end if we get to it. What, what happened over the weekend? Well, the Kohen God will finish the Avodah Yom Kippurim, everybody. We have about two weeks, I don't know, 18, 18 blot in, in a exquisite, one of the best Dafyomi coincidences. I think we're going to be making a him right around the nine days. When is Tisha Bo? 9th of Av this year it comes out. July 18th. July 18th. Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, right? As the Mishnah finished on Ayin Amad Aleph, right? Kidei Shadav Fashat. As we've been saying with the Yishai Rebo song, the incredible, until Yishai Rebo put it in a song, maybe you didn't understand, maybe we didn't appreciate, I should say, the symbolism. They gave him Big Day Atzmo. This was referred to as Big Day Chol in the beginning. Crocs. Big Day Atzmo. They, like, they gave him his Crocs. Are they allowed to wear Crocs at the... In the base of Mikdash? Yeah. I mean, he was allowed, I think he was wearing Crocs and scrubs, I assume. Anyway, big day atzmo lavash. They gave him. No, no, but not not while. Oh, you're saying on Yom Kippur? Ah, uh, yeah, you could wear Crocs on Yom Kippur, but I don't know. I think uh, when he was doing the avodah, he wasn't wearing uh, Crocs. And umelavino so arbe so, and then they would, as the Mishnah finishes up, they would bring him until his house. Right, and he would make a feast for all his friends. As we know. It was quite a celebration to be able to come out whole from the experience, not, especially in the Bayes Shani, not too many Kohanim did. Anyways, so the Avoda has been complete and he's going back home. So we pick up in the two lines where it says, Kide Shoda Viraglov. The second to last line on Ayn Amid Bez. Tanar Banan. As we conclude over here, uh, the Seder Avoda. We go back to a theme, a topic which we've already discussed on Daf Lamed Beis, which is, as you might recall, if you look at the Psukim, and this is in Vayikra Perak Tesvav, Sefer Vayikra Perak Tesvav, is the Seder Avodah, and you look at the Psukim and you see really there's three things going on, right? There's the morning service, the Yom Kippur service, we'll call it, specific to Yom Kippur, and then, yeah, right where we enter the Kaddish Kadashim. And then there's the evening or the afternoon service. And so there really should be only three clothes, three times where you change your clothes if, if you follow the Seder Avoda. And yet, we had already said, we'll repeat it again, there was a halacha la Moshe Sinai that it was not three outfit changes with, ten, with, three, with six corresponding washings of hands and feet, but rather it was five outfit changes with... Ten corresponding washings of hands and feet, and as such, there was a situation where, at some point, we went back, went into the Kodesh Kedushim, came out, and then went back in for something and came back out, and thus accounting for the five outfit changes and the ten corresponding washing of hands and feet. And you might recall that what that was, as we already discussed in Daf Lamed Beis, was that we went back to get the shovels. 
uh, by accident on purpose, so to speak. We left them in there and then we went back to get them. So now the Gemara is going to ask a little bit more explicitly than we had asked on Lamed Bays, why specifically, how did we know that this was the actual activity that we, that's out of order in the Pasuk? How do we know that this was the extra activity that we're going to do? So without further ado, Tano Rabbana. Second line up from the bottom, I know Bez. Uva Aaron el Moed. Aaron has to go into the old Moed. Lama Huba. Why is he coming back? To get back, right, the pans. So, as we arrive on Aleph Amad Aleph, There you go. You look at Perak Tesvav in Sefer Vayikra, and we see that Pasuk Chaf Gimel is written before the sacrifice of the rams, uh, even though we know that it happened after. Pasuk of Gimel says, This is the Pasuk we just quoted. That we know, and, and, then it, and then it says about the Elim, that he brings uh, the, the Elim, but we know that, that this, this happened, uh, right, that it happened after. So my time, how do we know that this, why, is, why, why would this one Pasuk, Pasuk Chaf Gimel in Parak Tesvav, be written out of order? So says the Gemara, Amar of Chista, Gemirei, as we already know, means that it's a halacha l'moshe misinai. We have a halacha l'moshe misinai, the chamesh tevilos v'asari kiddushin tovel kohen gadol mekadosh bebayom. That, there's supposed to be five outfit changes, as we call it, or tevilos, and tevilos, right? Which each time he changes his clothes from zahav to lavan, lavan to zahav, he's doing a tevila in the mikvah, and each time he's doing a tevila in the mikvah, we did discuss in Lamed Beis the or the, how how the ten uh, it we know that it's ten um, right washings of hands and feet corresponding to the five tevilos. We saw that there was a machlokas. Is there an extra one in the beginning, an extra one at the end? But be that as it may, it's a ratio of one to two, and so therefore it's five tevilos and ten kiddushin tovel koin gadol mekadosh boba yom. V'yamret kesidron ksivi. And if you had written all the psukim in order, lo mishkachas le'ed shalosh tefilas v'shishakidushin. So as we just mentioned, if you really read the actual order of the seder avoda, there's really only three phases. It's not five phase avoda. It's a three phase avoda, and thus there would only be three outfit changes and six times that you're washing your hands and feet. Okay, so that is why pasuk chav gimel is out of order. Okay, because um, that is where. That, that, that is where we indicate that we are actually going back out, um, out of, out of the order in order to change our clothes. So, so the Gemara asks, Matkiflar Ibzera, Vidilma Mafsakle Bisair Hanase Bechutz. So maybe it's possible that, again, the question here is where is the interruption, right? Where is the interruption? The Kohen Gadol is in the Kodesh Kadashim. And he's in the Heichel, he's wearing his big day lovan, right? Uh, we'll discuss, if we're Zohar, to get towards the end of Ayin Aleph on Beis, which hopefully we will, right? We'll discuss, right? Obviously, the Kohen Gadol, uh, the next Mishnah discusses the eight big day kehuna, right? That the Kohen Gadol typically wears. And we know that the Kohen Gadol wears four begadim on uh, Yom Kippur, which are called the big day lovan. And so those are what he's switching in and out of, as we already famously know, because we've discussed it. And so the question is, what is the interruption? So we just said, 
the Gemara suggested that it's an interruption to go get the shovels. But Rav Zeir wants to know, why don't we just say that when he's sacrificing the Seir, which uh, really Rav explained is the Musaf, the Musaf, you could keep Vayikra Tesvav, right? If you read through all of Sefer Vayikra Tesvav, the entire parak at the Avodas Yom Kippurim, then that entire paragraph stays intact, and you can read elsewhere, right? In um, I believe it's in uh, yeah Vayikra Chaf in in, in Sefer um, Bamidbar rather. Right, in Sefer Bamidbar in Chavtes, you can read that in addition to that, there's a Korban Chatas that we call the Korban Musaf. And that Korban Chatas, which is the Korban Musaf, happens to take place on Yom Kippur. So what, what's the suggestion of Rav Zeir? is saying as follows. He's saying, why are we taking these Psukim and saying that the Psukim are out of chronological order? Right, we know the idea of Ein Muktam and Muchar Batora, but if you follow the Ramban, we say then you know that the Ramban says that we really want to assume that everything that we read in the Torah is in fact in chronological order, unless we have a specific reason to say otherwise. So here we do have a specific reason. We have the right, um, we have the Alakla Moshe Sinai that we have to have the five out for changes instead of the three. However, what Reb Zeir is saying is we don't have to come on to that specific thing and take our psukim and say that the way that they appear in our pasuk in Perak Tesvav in Sefer Vayikra is out of order. We don't have to say that. Why? Because we could take a different, right, Perak. We could take a, the Korban Musaf that is not mentioned in Perak Tesvav. It's mentioned elsewhere. Keep our Perak Tesvav and Sefer Vayikra completely intact and completely in order and simply insert the Korban Chatas of the Musaf into that, into that ceremony, and in so doing, bring the Kohen Gadol out and have, and, and generate an outfit change that way. And that, what would be the advantage, Andrew? It would be to keep the entire Seder of Perak, right, Tesvav intact without having to switch around saying that it's out of order. That's what he's saying. That's Rav Zera. So Abaye and Rav both had an answer for Rav Zera as follows. Omar Abaye first. Abaye said, no. That Amar Krav Oloso. Right? The Pasuk says in our parak, which is Vayikra Tasvav, um Oloso, that he has to go out and do his Ola and the Ola of 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 the of the rest of the uh, of Klaisra. So Mitsiya Rishona Avid Elo Ha'am. In other words, it's implied in the Pasuk somehow when it says Vyatsav Oso Saloso. It's implied that he doesn't only do the Ola, he also does the Chatas, the Ayal. Which is to say that at the point that he's doing that Yitziah, he's doing, right, both the Chai, the Chatas and the Ayal, and he's doing all of those Avodos of the outside, uh, at that, at that juncture, which is to say that he's not going back in and then back out to do the Ayal, he's rather doing all of those Karbanas Chuds, at the same time. That was the answer for Baya, that it's implied in our parak that he's doing those at the same time, and therefore it is not that procedure that is going to be going interrupting him later. Okay. Now, um, fine. Now we're going to say, well, maybe there's a different reason. Rav Amar, Amar Krah, Ufashat et Big Habad. Okay. Well, the Pasuk says 
this is uh, where uh, he goes in and he removes his big deabad. He comes into the Almoid. Right? In other words, it didn't have to say Asher Lavash. That, that is, in fact, what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, hey, this again, this is the Pasuk that we said was out of order. So let's read the Pasuk again. He takes off the big day Abad, which he already wore. Okay. You didn't have to say takes off the big day Abad that he already wore. Why? Says the Gemara. Yeah, of course he's taking off the clothes that he wore. What are you going to say? That he took off the clothes that he didn't wear? What do you do with the clothes? You wear them. So of course the clothes that you're taking off are the clothes that you wore. So Asher Lavash is redundant. What are we doing with this Asher Lavash? Says the Gemara. Elamat Asher Lavash. What is Asher Lavash teaching you? Shelavash Kvar. Must be teaching you that he took off the clothes that he already wore. Okay. Now, so, so then this second removal must have been later. Right? That's what Rashi is explaining. Rashi, Rashi explains here, right, that this was talking about to the aisle. Because the ayel is mentioned in Pasuk Chavdalet. So by saying that Chav Gimel is talking about the Pasuk that we read as Pasuk Chav Gimel. So by saying that Pasuk, Pasuk Chav Gimel, right, is the one where he's taking off his clothes that he already wore, that is an allusion to the fact because that that's something that takes place after the ayel which is written thereafter. And therefore, that is an illusion. It is the placement of this idea that he already wore these, these clothing before. This is an illusion to the fact that that's the Pasuk that's out of order. Okay, so that, Rabbi Barshila did not like. He says, Wait a minute. Maybe it's the Seir, and the Seir was, in fact, done Bechutz. So again, this is similar, actually, to the suggestion we made before. The Seir and the Isle, turns out, were brought at the same time. Now, for both of those Korbanas, he had to go Bechutz. And so, before we said, well, maybe the Isle, because it's a separate Parsha, right, is the one that you go out for out of order. Now we're suggesting maybe the Seir is the one that you go out, out of order. And for that, we answer in the same vein that we answered for the Isle, which is to say, same Pasuk we said before, right? That the, that Pasuk alludes to the fact that both the Seir and the Isle were brought together. That's the point. So in other words, just like we answered before, we could, for before we made, there's a reason why we made the Isle suggestion before, because that's a separate posture altogether. So in theory, that could have been inserted anywhere. Now we're making the suggestion simply that the Seir could have been uh, said at any point uh, and as much as the actual, right, the, the Bugadim, the changing of the Bugadim could have, could have been said, um, at, at a later, at a later or at an earlier point. And so now we're saying that, we're, we're saying that even though you might want to distill out the, the service of the Seir and the Isle and say that they're done at separate points, and that's what you're going back for, we still go back to that initial idea of Yatsav Asa, putting the Isle and the Seir together, and therefore putting the Isle and the Seir together, makes it such that that's not the avoda that you go out of order for. Rather, it is the going of and getting the, the shovels from the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So now the Gemara says, Akola Parsha Kula Nemra Seder. So wait a minute. What about our very original point? Our original point is that the, is that it's, with the exception of going back and the Pasuk Chaf Gimel, 
with the exception of Pasuk of Gimel, everything is in order. That, that's what we said, right? That, that everything was um, done chronologically, right? Everything that was done on the day of Yom Kippur and the Seder Avoda is represented in order chronologically in Perak Tesvav and Vayikra, except for this one Pasuk of Gimel. Says the Gemara, is that really so? But in the Pasuk, it first says, so we're challenging the notion that the rest of the Parsha is in order. Because after all, we say that you should burn the, right, the fats of the Korban Chatas on the Mizbech. And then, and afterwards it says that what you do, that you should take the Par Chatas and the Sir Chatas after you've already brought, uh, done, right, the Hazas Hadam. And then you remove it. This is what we discussed at the end of last week. The burning of their hides and of, of the rest of their carcasses right outside. Um, oh, oh, it's coming. Don't worry. There's musr here. Get some musr in there. All right, yeah, you're, you're, you're pining for some musr. We got you covered. Don't worry. He says, anantanan. And we learned in, right, the Mishnah above, in Lambez, haroe, right, as koin gadol kshu kore, and if you're holding cup from last week, you, you'll recall that these avodas were, in fact, simultaneous. That's the point. That we said that when a person, as you might recall, we, the Kohen Gadol read from the Sefer Torah. Kohen Gadol read from the Sefer Torah while, um, right, while these while, while these par and seir carcasses were being burned. Those were simultaneous, which means that, that's what it means, it means that you can't be two places at the same time, right? So anyone, it depends what you're into, Goranowitz. If you're into burning carcasses of animals, then that's where you go. If you're into Kriya Satora of the Kohen Gadol, then that's what you're into. But you can't go to both because they're being done geographically separated and at the same time. Now, Says the Gemara, right? And we said that the burning of the Emurim, right, on the Mizbeach, uh, of the Chatas, they were afterwards. And yet the Pasuk, in the Pasuk, the burning appears before, which is to say that we know by definition that the burning, like because of the fact that we place the haktar, the, the burning of the carcasses, right, at the same time simultaneous with the reading of the Torah. That means that that places chronologically the timestamp of when we do the Imurim is afterwards. Well, we just, we just exposed something new because the Pasuk in the order of the Seder Aparsha in Parakhtes Vav places the Haktaris Imurim beforehand. So we see that in fact the Parakhtes Vav is not in chronological order. That's the Shaila. So the Gemara explains, Okay, well, maybe starting at that Pasuk. That's where it starts being in order. But until that point, it's not in order. Which is to say that starting with Pasuk Chaf Gimel, the Torah, because this is all, the, everything that we just mentioned is already Pasuk Chaf Zayin and Chavav. So what the Gemara is answering here is, what the Gemara is answering here is that up until Pasuk Chaf Gimel, which is the first Pasuk that's out of order, everything's in order. Once you hit Pasuk Chaf Gimel, Andrew, all bets are off. And everything is just being, uh, being recited there is being um, written in, in the Pesukim out of order at that point. Okay. But the Gemara says, Umay chazis de mishabash kray. Shabish masnisa. says, wait a second. We're taking our Mishnah that we learned last week 
And we're so comfortable with saying, based off of the, uh, so, we, so we said a Tyra, right? We said that it's simultaneous, the burning of the carcasses, simultaneous with the Kriya Satyra, and therefore the Imurim, which, which we know chronologically were afterwards, were written before, and therefore, Ein Mukta Mukhavatara, we're going to take the Pesukim out of order. How, what, what gives us the right to do that? Maybe we should say that the Mishnah simply did not give us the proper chronology, and the Pesukim are in order. Like, why is the Mishnah more authoritative than the actual Pesuk in the Torah? We should say that the way the Pesuk is written in the Torah should be the proper chronology and say that the Mishnah may have been mistaken. Why would we go with the Mishnah's more authoritative and say that the Pesuk was out of order? So Amar Abaye, there's a reason. Because the, the, the words are Amar Kra. The Pesuk says, Veha Mishaleach, Veha Sovreif. We'll see, Rashi is going to explain. Um, this is a very strong Raya. Abaye is pointing out Look at how the words are written. Veha mishalech sounds like he already sent it. Veha sorev, right? If you say, uh, he who already burnt it, he who already sent out the seer mishalech, sounds like it was already done, right? You don't call the person ha mishalech until he already, right, sent it, right? So it says the Gemara, ma mishalech to mikara, af sorev to mikara. Just like when we say ha mishalech, we're referring to, right, the, 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 the he who already sent the seer so too, right, when we refer to he who burned, right, the carcasses as he who already burnt it. That's what Hasoref means. That's the, what we see that the Pasuk is implying that it was already done. But the Gemara says, Right? Just like Hamishalech, just like Sorif. In other words, we're learning Sorif for Mishalech. And we're saying that Mishalech means he already did it. So as we've asked uh, several times already, well, we're learning Sarif from Mishlech. Why not learn Mishlech from Sarif? Say that in context, according to the sequence, it should be that Hasarif is he who is doing it right now. And therefore, even Mishlech should teach you that that, 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 in other words, should be instructive in terms of when to send away this year, Ha Mishlech. Maybe this year should be after, right, the Hektar Seymurim. Maybe that, maybe that in fact should be instructive to us, but in the opposite direction. So now the Rashi is going to explaining that the style of the Pasuk is very strong here. We go back to saying, V'hamishalech says the Gemara Dami Yikara Mashma. Right? Rashi. V'hamishalech Yikara Mashma, the third wide line. Ka'odam shechazer le'inyan shifzik bo, t'chmoshe pi Rashti. Yeah, like I told you the first time. V'shiluach se'ir b'mkoma nechsav, m'telo ha'adar v'kosav achar imurim v'shalach ha'seir, v'hamishalcho yechabes begadav. It's very, very, it's very, very much... Uh, alluded to in the Pasuk in the words, very mistaber, it's the style of the Pasuk to say that it was already done. Okay. Another way maybe of saying that the Seer Mishalech took place before the Haktar Seymurin, Rava Amar, says the Gemara, Amar Kra, Yamod Chai, Yamar Chai. That, what? That the Seer should be alive, which is to say, this is an animal that's going to get thrown off the cliff. The question is, at what point is it, is it going to be, uh, until it's thrown off the cliff, it has to be kept alive. Okay. Says the Gemara. Until what point do you just leave him there in the, right, in the Chatzar waiting to go out into the desert? Until, until the time of Kapara, which we know comes from Hazas Adam, right? As the Gemara says. When you give the Hazas Adam of the Chatas, that's when you get kapara vesulo. But then at that point, as soon as the kapara is done, boom, you have to go and send him away into the desert. Okay? 
Um, right. He's definitely, this is, uh, okay, fine. I'll tell you, Gerardo, to wake you up with, with a Rabbi Gross set of jokes. So I have to repeat it. It's an old joke. But Andrew said that he went to visit the Seir Lazazel. Uh, well, not the Seir Lazazel, but the cliff. You know, it's a real cliff. So I'll tell you a Musservart and a joke real quick about the Azazel. The Musser, Rabbi Gross, also went on this tour. So Rabbi, Rabbi Gross says two things. Number one, he holds, this is how he began his Eun Shir yesterday on Sunday. He, he said, why is it, you know, when, if you go to Costa Rica, you have a lot of microclimates, 28 microclimates. It's supposed to be a big deal. The most microclimates in the world in that small of an area, and thus accounting for all the, all the animals, all the great wildlife that is there. But you don't have really, to that extent, I, I, I was looking to see, to experience some of those microclimates. It was crazy. But perhaps not as crazy as Yushalayim. Yushalayim, you start up in Yushalayim, and you've got these... Hari, right, Harizasim, you have the greenery, you go out the tunnel, and boom, immediately you're in the desert. So that, Rabbi Gross said, that you don't see. That, in fact, you don't even have in Costa Rica, where it's desert right up against these verdant hills. Really? Yeah, so he says, why is that? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to create it, Yerushalayim, that way, because he knew that there was going to be this Yerim Yishalech, as we learned last week. You can only go, you have to have, by definition, you have to go out into the desert. It's Jim Kipper, and you're walking on foot. So if you didn't have this microclimate, so to speak, where you're going out of a hill, and then within three mil, you're at a desert, then it wouldn't be physically possible to do this avoda of the Sierra Mishnaleach. And therefore, the land of Israel had to be created such to accommodate this mitzvah. So it's this beautiful illustration of how a uh, world is created in order to accommodate the mitzvahs of the Torah. And so our lives, we think that we are incorporating mitzvahs into the world sometimes. But really, the world was created in order to facilitate our mitzvahs in this world. Did you see so, so, uh, Yeah, you could see it. You can go from a, from a uh, rainforest straight to a different thing. It's, uh, it's, it's remarkable. So, be, so that's, anyway, that, that, that was, that's the Goranowitz Musser moment that the world was created for us to do the mitzvos. Then he just added that the tour guide said that he's the best husband in the world because every day his wife says, Lech Lazazel, and he does. <laughs> I knew, I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. Andrew, Andrew laughs in a different way than you. Okay. All right. So now the Gemara, 11 lines up. Let's regroup. Now you got it. So now we're 11 lines up on Ein, Aleph, Amad Aleph. And, and the question is, the eventual meeting of the Kohen Gadol and the Ish Iti. We're going to talk about now, um, we're going to talk about the proper way to greet each other, Geronowitz. What's the best way to, right, to greet each other after doing all of this great work? So, Asi Mishaleach. When the one who was right, who sent the Sia Mishalech comes back, the Ish Iti, as it were, comes back the following day. You might recall, he goes out there and he's kind of on, uh, alone. He's out on an island, so to speak. Not really an island, but he's out there by himself. And then we let him go back to the last sukkah and he stays there until Motzei Yim Kippur. Next day, he comes back, as Rashi points out, right? Liyom Hamacharas. The next day, he's walking around, Mamila Mall. And the Kohen Gadol's there. And yesterday was a big day, was it not? This is already, this is the next day after Yom Kippur. 
The previous day had been quite a day. Kohen Gadol survived it, so he's a big hero. Ishiti had a great role, and so he's a big hero. And then they meet each other. And there's no, and so what would be the appropriate way to greet each other after such sublime activities of the previous day? So says the Gemara. Omerlo, Ishi, so this is what the Ishiti says to the Kohen Gadol. Ishi Kohen Gadol, Asinishlichuscha. It's a right, respectful way to talk to the Kohen Gadol. He's in public after all, he's in Mamilo Mall. The Kohen Gadol is the BMOC, big man on campus. And so we have to afford him the kabod that that entails. And so we say to him, I did what you had set me out to do. In ref- referencing the Kohen Gadol, you sent me out, you're the big man on campus, and I did your bidding, and that is an appropriate response. However, if the two of them happen to be sharing a coffee in the Kohen Gadol's house, so then we don't have to afford the Kohen Gadol that much covered, but there we could be, right, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more intimate, and we have to, we don't have to be as formal and omolo. In that context, the Ish Iti is going to say to the Kohen Gadol, It's not really the bidding of the Kohen Gadol, but after all, what is it? The bidding of Hashem, after all, right? We did, who is the Mechai, I'm sorry, I said Mechai Mesim because we refer to Hashem as the Mechai Mesim in Shemunayasra, but here we're saying, not Mechai Mesim, but also Mechai Chaim, as Birnbaum points out. He's Mechai Mesim, true, but he's also Mechai Chaim, right? In other words, every breath of life that we have is from Hashem. And so he who is Mechai Chaim, who sustains life, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously, Asinu Shlichuso. So you and I both, says the Ish Iti to the Kohen Gadol, have done the bidding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, now that is one kind of uh, greeting. So now, now that we use the phrase Mechaye Chaim, Amarabba, Kimifti Rabbanim Adadi Bipumpadisa, this Mechaye Chaim greeting was one that the Talmidim, Talmidim Chachamim in Pumpadisa, the famous yeshiva, used to greet each other and depart from each other with. Amri Achi, this would be the, the, the departure, uh, greeting. They would say, Mechaye Chaim, Iten Lachachaim Arukim Batavim Musukanim. He who sustains life, should give you long life and good life, and mitzukanim is well-provided life, right? Filled with, uh, with with all the proper things, with all the good things that life has to offer. As they would depart from each other, they would give each other that brachot. Beautiful idea. Okay. Now, what's this idea of mitzukanim? That it should be mitzukan, well-provided for. So says the Gemara, a pasuk from Tehillim. Pasuk says, This is a famous, famous uh, Pasuk in Tehillim where David HaMelech says, I should walk So we have that as a famous cemetery in Beit Shemesh called Eretz Um And the Pasuk is, is, is out there in front of the cemetery. And, and so, So, that Gemara is not plastered in front of the cemetery because it's not necessarily what you would have thought. Everyone thinks Asalach Lefnei Hashem means that David and Melech is yearning to, I don't know, be in Olam Haba, or in Cemetery Arzachayim, or at the very least, to walk the halls of the base Medrash. But, in fact, Rabbi Huda is explaining this was not the case, as Rashi explains. Rashi says, Hesalech, uh, Rabbi Yehuda says, "Makom Shvakim." Rashi says, "Sheadam Moitzel Liknos Mezonosa V'Lefisha Yadavid Metaltel Novanad Hayamispala Davar." What's going on? Says Rashi. As follows, Rabbi Yehuda says that all he wants to do, 
What's David Melech doing? He is running for his life. He's running from Shaul. He's hiding. He's going from hiding place to hiding place. That's not a life, Goranowitz. He's totally on the run. And what he's yearning for in this Pasuk in Tehillim is to just walk the marketplace like a normal citizen and not have to be on the run and to be able to live what we call a normal life. And what he's saying is, Hashem, if you could just give me a normal life where I can walk out of the house without fearing for my life, I would have the opportunity to walk in front of you. So, yes, learning, yes, the base marriage, all of those things you would want. But in this particular context, David Melch, all he wants to do is go to the shuk, says Rabbi Yehuda. All he wants to do is have a normal life and go to the grocery store, go to Seven Mile, get some things, and then come home and have a normal life, what we call, in order to be able to properly serve Hashem without having to be on the run for his life all the time. So you see, he's, he's just yearning for that. And so the Goranowitz Mr. moment here is we should not take for granted that if we can come out of our house and just go through the normal routine of our day, that not everybody's so privileged to do that, and thus we should be grateful, if we can do that, to use the time and the peace of mind that we do have in the service of Hashem. So now, similar pasuk, ki orech yomim mishnos chaim v'shalom yosifu lachs. Different pasuk, but similar lesson here. That this pasuk is already ki orech yomim mishnos. You know this song. This is from Mishlei, and what are we saying? That for the orech yomim, the length of your days and years of your life, shnos chaim v'shalom yosifu lach. They're going to add peace to you. What do you mean? V'chi yeshonim shel chaim v'yeshonim sheinam chaim. What's a shnos chaim? Years of life. You say, What's shnos chaim, Years of life. We mean that we should add years. When we say we should add years, we mean years of life. So to that, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Now that what we're asking for in that Pasuk in Mishlei is that we should have years of life that should turn Mira'a tova. Rashi, so what's Mirala Tova? So you would think, oh, we, we didn't know Torah, and then we got to learn Torah. Rashi, again, it's just interesting. Burnberg and I were pointing out. It's, it's in very sort of crude physical terms, we say. Mirala Tova, I thought I saw. Um, yeah, towards the end of the third to last line. Mishaya Ani So let's say you're impoverished in your childhood. And you accumulate money over time. Just a dramatic language. It's like all of a sudden you've come to life. Just to say, yeah, right? So, so that you didn't necessarily think that Ushnos Chaim meant that. But it means, you know, you start off, and it's not necessarily only material, although Rashi does explain it in those terms, right? It's talking about you start off slow, you build up, you build up, and then you develop sort of like uh, over time. And so that is what we, that is what we want for ourselves. That, that's, we, 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 uh, Dam Farshem, may we be Zoha, as we continue on in life to just, uh, be stronger in all aspects of life, uh, Bezrat Hashem. Okay. So now we have another Pasuk in Mishle. It says, Aleichem Ishim Ekra. Okay. So now, now we're getting a little off the rails because we're now doing Mishle Psukim. Garano has asked for a Muslim moment and I guess, Quran was asked and the Gemara obliges. Now it's all Muslim moments here. It says, I will call to you, Aleichem, Ishim, men, I will call. So Amar of Brechia, The word Ishim is not Anashim, it's Ishim. It sounds a little bit like Nashim. 
sounds a little bit like an anashim. It's sort of ishim is an unusual phraseology, which implies aspects, uh, feminine aspects and masculine aspects. So what is Rabbi Yechia saying? Well, it's referring to Tamidim, that Hashem is going to call to the Tamidim Chachamim. That's the point. How, how are the Tamidim Chachamim sort of like feminine and masculine? Well, Tamidim Chachamim Shadomim Lenashim in the sense that they're, as Rashi says, a little bit softer, a little bit weaker. They're not out there digging ditches with right rippling muscles and tan from the sun, but rather they're in the base matter. The Yoshvei Ohalim, right? They're soft and, in certain sense, right, uh, very unintimidating. However, the Oisin Gvura Kanashim, that even though they're soft in, in that sense of physicality, they are in fact big giborim, strong, like men. In the sense of, this is not the most PC Gemara, but the point is that they have both elements of the softness and the strength, do the Tamir Chachamim. The softness, perhaps in the physical sense, but the strength, as the Marsha explains, Ezehu Gibor, Kovesh Yisro. Right? In other words, internally they're building, this is the whole thing, is the Gemara in a moment, the building inside, right, a tremendous, a fierce sense of strength to, in fighting Yitzhahara, in being principled and doing the right thing, in that sense, they're giborim like no other. Okay. So that was one thing Rebrechia said. Another thing, furthermore, person who wants to be zoche, to do the nisuch hayayin on the mizbeach, he should fill the tamir chachamim with yayin, which is to say, you should make a kiddush for the tamir chachamim and give them Wine and right, give cover to the Tamid Chachamim. Shenemar Aleichem Ishim Ekar. Same pasuk, right, where he says, "I should call you upon you." And we already know that refers to the Tamid Chachamim. Where did he, where, where does this have to do with with wine? So he already explains that Isha. This is what the Rashi and the Marsha explain that has an element of right. This is the very last Rashi in Ayin Aleph and Aleph. Ishim Lashon Kravan Isha Eish Isha Ishim. Right, it sounds also a little bit like the the mizbeach. Uh, so therefore, there's an allusion not only to the strength of the tamir chachamim, but also to the nisochayayin. Okay, and another one. Since we're rebrechia on a roll, the amar rebrechia im roi adam shetori posekas mizaro. Again, this is an interesting thing. A person sees chas v'shalom, offspring straying off the path. Yisobas tamid chacham. You should marry a daughter of a Tam Chacham. This is a Pasuk in Eov, that if a root becomes old in the ground as we turn to Ayin Aleph and Bez at the almost symbolic time of 614 a.m., from a whiff of water it could even blossom. That's a Tamil Chacham. And he should generate branches like a neta. Right? It's, uh, it's actually. Uh, uh, a uh, pretty pretty big uh, Israeli name for a girl name usually. It's a sapling. It's and therefore that's a bas tamid chacham. That's it's it's a little bit unclear. Some machlokes in as to who's marrying the bas tamid chacham here. The person whose children are straying, the children who are straying. But be that as it may, that is a good thing always to do to marry bas tamid chacham. Um, I I was uh, I, okay, so I was okay to do that. So I'm very grateful for that. Anyway. So here we are, we're at the end of the Avoda, and they made every Yom Tov, the Kohen Gadol, having survived the, right? Having survived the Avoda, is going to make a feast for his friends, right? When he came safely out of, out of the Avoda. So, 
what happened? This also, this made Birnbaum laugh. Like, so that's a very, very, in the Yishai Rebo song, it's a crescendo, right? As we say on Yom Kippur, everyone is excited. It's a crescendo, an emotional peak. And now the aftermath is what the Gemara records. What happens after that whole spiritual, spiritually uplifting experience? So here's what happened. The Kohen Gadol, Yatsumi Beis Mikdash, came out after the Avoda, Vavu Azle Kuleyama Basre, and everybody was following him. Came the Chazinu Lishmai of Avtalion, but then they saw Shmai and Avtalion. Shmai and Avtalion were tremendous, tremendous, right, preeminent Talmud Chachamim. They were the Gedolei Ador. However, we know they were descendants from Gerim, from Sancherv, the Assyrian king. This is all in Masechus Gittin, as Rashi points out, and Gittin and Zion. So, Shmai and Eftalion, but they were like celeb- celebs, right? They were the, the Gedolim of those days. So, you see the Kohen Gadol coming out after Yom Kippur, you follow him, right? Because people pol- like to follow celebrities. So the paparazzi is following the Kohen Gadol. All of a sudden, Shmai and Eftalion come out. They're even bigger celebs, so they follow them. Okay, Shavkula Diday. So they left the Kohen Gadol, Ve'azli Basar Shmai Ve'avtalion. Now they're following the bigger A-list celebs. Lasof, because this guy was only a celeb this year. He had his 15 minutes, so to speak, of fame. Shmai Ve'avtalion were the big shots all along. So Lasof, Asu Shmai Ve'avtalion, Leif Turim, Inei the Kohen Gadol. So, um, so they're all around the same area. And then at the end of the night, Shmai Ve'avtalion leave to go home. The Kohen Gadol was there. Shmai Ve'avtalion had all the people around them. Kohen Gadol was resentful. After all, he paid a lot of money for this cover. He thought he was the bigger man on campus. But the resentment came out in the following way. Amalan, he says to Shmaya Naftalion, the Kohen Gadol does, Yesun Amamin Lishlam. He says, All right, see you later, uh, descendant of Gerim. Oh, wow, that is derogatory. He says, Yeah, go in peace. Have a, have a great night, um, descendant of Assyrians. So that's very derogatory. To which they said to him, Amulay, Yesun Bnayamim Lishlam. Yeah, better to be descendants of Assyrians, the Avdin Uvda Daron, Velo Yaisi Baron Lishlam, the Lo Avid Uvda Daron. In other words, better for us to be the sons of right Gerim that at least behave like Bnei Aaron, and not to be the sons of Bnei Aaron like you are, because after all you're a coin, the Lo Avid Uvda Aaron. That's not behaving like Aaron. Rashi explains that what what is happening was they were polite and he was impolite. And they're saying, well, Aaron was an Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom. So that's not how you're behaving. So what they basically, the shtach back was, in essence, that we were acting peacefully with you and therefore we're more B'nai Aaron than you are. You might be biologically descendant from Aaron, but you, the behavior of Aaron is what we're supposed to take on. And thus, another Gorana, what's Mr. Moment, that's really how you act that really determines it's more important than your lineage in our, in, right, in, in, in Yiddishkeit. Okay, so now we're on the mission of Ayan Aleph and Bez. And we say this like this. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the clothing. A lot of drushes about the Big Day Kehuna, because we finished the Avoda now. And so let's get into details here. Says the Mishnah. As we know, the coin Gadol during the year is wearing eight begotten. And the coin Hedyot has Arba Kalim. We also know, of course, that the coin Gadol is wearing Arba Big Day Love on, on, on Yom Kippur. But let, let's, let's get into generalities here. During the year, the Ksonis, a coin Hedyot is wearing a Ksonis. So that's his tunic, Michnasayim. Those are what we call are the breeches. Michnasayim is not actual pants, but it's the underpants. Umitz nefes. He's got his turban going, valvnate, and he has a belt. 
Mosif will have coin gadol. On top of that, the coin gadol is wearing what? The choshen, famously, the which is the right, uh, the breastplate and the aphod and meil and the tzitz. Right, the robe and the tzitz, as will be described. Now, when the coin gadol is when is he discussing the rambatumim? Obviously, only when he's wearing the extra these extra begadim. We're going to analyze all this in the Gemara. The Ein Nishalin Ela Melech, and we consult not just on behalf of anyone. It's not we don't ask the Urim Betumim, you know, whether the Orioles are going to win. Not as if we know we don't know the answer to that. But we ask him only during important uh, times. Le Melech doesn't mean necessarily that only Melech can ask, but on behalf of Melech Meshuach Melchama or you know, write critical national questions. If it's something that is critical for for the Bezdin, the Sanhedrin, the, for the public, a national issue, that's what we're going to ask the Urim Batumim for. All right, so now we're going to get a little bit into textiles, if you're into that sort of thing. And we're going to say as follows. Regarding the, the threads of the Big Day Kahuna, Toner Bonham, whenever you see in the Pasuk that the word says Sheish, it means Chutan Kofal Shisha. That's a six-ply um, right thread. Mashzar, if you see the word Mashzar, that's Shmona. That's an eight-ply thread. Okay, so, and the Bryce says, continues, Me'il, whenever you see the word Me'il, Shnei Masar, that's a 12-ply thread. Paroches, Esrim Ve'arba. Paroches means 24. And Choshen Ve'ephod, Esrim Ushmona. Those were 28-fold cords, and we're going to bring that looking for it. So let's go. Chutan Kaful Shisha. All right, how do we know Sheish means six-fold? Minolon. Da'amar Kro, Ve'yasu Saktonis, well, the Pasuk says, V'yasu t'aktonis sheish, v'esha mitznefes, sheish, v'es parayim mikboz, sheish, v'nichnasei abad, sheish mashzor. Okay? So, chamisha korek sivi. The word sheish is said five times, right? You only have to say it once, because we know that it's all made out of the linen. So, chad l'gufei d'chisnehu, want to mention that the garment itself has to be from linen. V'chad sheyechutan kofal shisha. Want to teach us that it has to be a six-fold thread. That's why it says the word sheish. V'chad sheyechuturim. And one that all six strands have to be spun together. And the other one is to say that the Shar Begadim, which is to say the Gemara is going to explain where it does not say the word Sheish. So that fourth mention of the word Sheish is to teach you this is really relevant to all of the Begadim. And the final, the fifth one is to teach you that it's in fact Me'akev, which is to say if it's not six ply thread, then it's it's you, all bets. Then it's not even going to be right. It's not. It's it's meakev. It's not going to be kosher as big day kahuna. Okay. So now the Gemara says, wait a minute. How do we know that sheish is even linen altogether? My mashma the high sheish kislehu. What indicates that sheish even means linen? So the Gemara answers, "Amar Rabbi Yosef Chanina, the Amar Bad, because we know Bad Davar Haola Minakarka Bad Bad. We're used to it, right? Because we already learned." What these terms mean, because we've learned these gemaras, but the word bad, we don't necessarily know what it means. So bad, bad really means alone, right? Like levad means lonely, alone. So what grows up from the ground sing, singly, stalk by stalk, linen. Aha, it says ve'ema amra, but maybe it's wool. Wool grows hair by hair on an animal. So the gemara says no, amra abtuli miftula. Wool splits. In other words, the fibers split on the animal. So he said, Kinanami of Tulimifta, flax, which is the right pre linen stage, also has split ends. So Gamar answers, Kisna Agav Lakuse Miftil. No, it splits only when you beat it down as part of the process. But on its own, naturally it does not split. Wool does, linen does not, and therefore linen is the material of choice. So Ravina Amar Mahacha, based on this, 
uh, Ravina had from a different source. Ravina Amar Mehacha. Pare Pishtim Iwal Varsham, Michlase Pishtim Iwal Masnaim. That they were supposed to wear linen turbans and linen, right, Michlasaim. Well, Pishtim we know is linen. So Amrle Ravashi, Amikami Dasi Yecheskel, Man Amra. Yeah, okay, but that was Yecheskel already. Right? That's a Pasuk in Yechezkel. But all of these, we had to know this before Yechezkel. So if your source is from Yechezkel, so how do we know it beforehand? So the Gemara says, well, Yeah, but we already said this. We didn't learn this from Torah. We learned it from Yechezkel and Buzi that said, There are other things also that say that, that we learned from Yechezkel. So we said, for example, Arel can't serve in the base of Mikdash. Who learned? Who knew that before Yecheskel came? El Gamar Gamirila. All of this is what Gamar Gamirila. Halacha l'Moshim Sinai. And then Ve'Asa Yecheskel Ve'Asmachta Akra. And Yecheskel came, and that was the Asmachta on what we already learned. Me uh, right? Misinai Hachanami Gamar Gamirila Ve'Asa Yecheskel Ve'Asmach Akra. So that which we learned is a Gamar Gamiri. And we are, we are Somech on the cross for this. We're off to Mashzar, which is about seven lines up from the wide. Bezat Hashem, we'll continue with that tomorrow.